Welcome to another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. Clay Sweet sets down and has a chat with Brian Chavez, team captain of the iconic 1988 Permian Panther High School football team of Odessa, Texas. Their acclaimed journey was published into a novel that became a New York Times number one bestseller. It was also named the Sports Illustrated Best Football Book of All Time and eventually making it to the big screen as one of the best high school football movies of all time, Friday Night Lights. Should be a good interview. Hope you enjoy. Healthy pets, happy people, exceptional medicine, compassionate care. That's our motto at the Animal Health Clinic in Picayune. Located at 500 Kelly Road, we are equipped with the latest veterinary technology and provide a full menu of animal health services, including after-hours emergencies. Dr. Alan Smith invites you to join our clinic family by checking out our website at ahcpicayune.com or calling us at 601-799-1300. If you're looking for a place for that much-needed pregame meal, a place to just take in the game, or a place to have your post-game celebration, visit Champion Sports Bistro. They are a family-oriented sports bistro located at 113 West Canal Street in downtown Picayune. With food and drink specials throughout the week, Champions is a great place to enjoy lunch or dinner. They are open Monday through Thursday, 11 to 10, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 1. Champion Sports Bistro is Picune's Bistro for champions. Johnson Farms and Meat Market. Where can you find a full service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef? From Mississippi farm raised corn fed cattle? Why that would be Johnson Farms and Meat Market in Picune. Shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North Hall in Picune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. It feels good to buy local. Whether you're supporting your community's small businesses, family-owned restaurants, or Farm Bureau Insurance, the local agents at Farm Bureau Insurance are dedicated to always helping you protect what's important. Farm Bureau Insurance is headquartered right here in Mississippi with local agents in your community. If you're shopping for car, home, or life insurance in the Popperville area, call Kate Amaker at 601-795-4585. Or if you're in the Picayune Carrier area, call Robert Hester, Lane Kazan, or me, Ross Gilbo, at 601-798-2861. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau Casualty, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. We are now honored to be joined by a member and the captain of the 1988 Permian Panthers, Brian Chavez. Thanks for taking time for the podcast, man. We know uh, you're gearing up for football back here in South Mississippi. That's what we're doing, too. So we thought it'd be neat for our listeners to get a chance to hear from you. So thanks for taking time. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I'm always uh, happy to talk to someone from the South because, uh, I think high school football is a little different in the South than it is anywhere else. Well, let's start there, man. Obviously, uh, some of the resources that go into high school football in the state of Texas, that may be a little bit different, but the passion for football, I think, is is the same in a, in a town our size compared to the uh, town that you live there in Odessa. The passion, man, does it, does it still hold true 
in Odessa like it was when this book, I'm not trying to age you or I, but back in 1988, how has that kind of changed or is it still the same? It's still pretty wild. I, I think it's maybe not quite as, as uh, hardcore as it used to be, but uh, I mean, you know, there's still 15,000 uh, you know, fans out there every game, every Friday night, you know, so a uh, town of 100,000, 15,000, you know, it's pretty good. Absolutely. You know, fans, of course, short for uh, fanatic. And when you read the fan base and, and what the the Panthers fan base, that, that mojo from back, that's that's what really stood out, right, is the way that the community, uh, and I'm going to use the word support at times in the book, uh, I, I guess I'm just reading uh, part of the chapter where there's a, a close loss and then the coach comes home to find poor sale signs in his yard. So some of that's kind of hard to call for sort uh, support, but just the fanatic uh, nature of uh, high school football. What, it, what was it like to live through that and then have a guy like myself, or I don't know how many miles we are apart, this many years later call you about that team? Well, you know, it's just kind of, you know, that's kind of, I think, like you said, it's not quite as fanatical as it used to be. I think it's more positive support nowadays. But, uh, you know, back in the day, yeah, I mean, if a coach didn't have a winning record or back, back then in the 80s, if you lost a couple of games, you know, they were looking for your head. They were looking to fire you. Now, you know, you go five and five and you go to get to the playoffs, you know, your job's secure. So uh, you see a lot of uh, differences, but it was great back then, you know. Uh, you know, we you know, we were going chasing, we were going deep in the playoffs or in the state championship year after year after year. And, uh, you know, no regrets, best time of my life. You know, you're playing, you're playing football, you're playing a sport that you love. You got your brothers, you know, best friends right next to you that you grew up with, you know, blood, sweat, and tears together. Just, there's nothing like that camaraderie of playing with your best friends, uh, depending on the guy to your right, the guy to your left. And uh, 30 years later, those guys are still my best friends. You know, I could pick up the phone and tell them, hey, man, let's go have a beer. Hey, let's go to lunch. And, you know, we drop what we're doing and we do it. Your coach at that time, Coach Gaines, he passed away uh, last summer. What did he mean to, to those teammates uh, you're describing there and to the community there in Odessa? Well, you know, Permian was more about a program than a person. You know, it, it, you could kind of plug in the players, you could plug in the coaches, uh, you know, and it started back in the 60s, you know. We started winning state championships in the 60s. They instilled a program. They ran the same play. We ran the same plays. We ran the same offense. We ran the same defense. So that's where the strength of the Permian program came from. It's just repetitive. Uh, the same system, you know, we start running the same plays and, you know, Pop Warner to junior high to high school. So by the time we're, you know, playing and we're seniors or juniors on the varsity, I mean, we know, we know all the plays, all the defenses, all the nuances. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't, I, I wouldn't put it on a figurehead. I just put it as a program that was started in the 60s, carried on in the 70s, 80s and 90s. 
when you look at the tradition, man, and, and let's talk about this. I find it unique, the color scheme, the black, white. You just, when you look around the landscape, it looks beautiful together. You just don't uh, see that a whole lot across mascots and everything else. Talk about how that kind of plays into the mystique that is at uh, Mojo and, and Panthers football. Oh, I mean, you come down here and you, you know, that you don't see as much like you don't see as much Texas Tech or UT or Dallas Cowboys, man. You see the black and white. You see the helmets on the back of the pickup trucks. You see the bumper stickers. You know, you see the yard signs. I mean, you see black and white out here. And, uh, you know, that, you know, I, I came from El Paso. So I came, I moved here in third grade. And, uh, you know, El Paso is not really a football town. So when I got to elementary over here in Odessa, I saw people that had shirts that said Permian and Mojo, and nobody had, you know, Cowboys and Longhorns. And I was like, what is this thing? And, you know, someone told me, hey, that's our high school football team. I go, God, yeah. I mean, everybody on Friday, everybody would wear in the black and white, you know, in elementary school. I'm like, what is this thing? And, you know, pretty soon I got swooped up into it and, you know, just fell in love with it. And, uh, our heroes were, you know, were the Friday night heroes, man. You know, they were they were our high school quarterback, our high school middle linebacker, our high school left guard. You know, we knew all those players more than we did, you know, the college players or the pro players. You know, that's incredible, man. The that's that's who that's who we aspired to be was, you know, uh, those guys. Well, the you know the honor of being a, a captain on that team, and then the the beautiful picture taken uh, prior to kickoff that dons the cover of the Buzz Bissinger book. How how special is you that that picture that was uh, you know could have been a, a bunch of different pictures. That guy's a phenomenal uh, photographer, but for that picture to be uh, chosen and a, for a course for you to to be a part of that, how how special is that? Right. So that picture was taken by Robert Clark. He's a, he, we remained good friends ever since he came down for a couple of weeks and just took pictures and man, he just picked, he just captured that thing. And that, that picture just lasted, you know, for what, 30 years. And uh, I think it just captures what I was talking about earlier, that brotherhood, you know, we're holding hands, we're walking out kind of like gladiators, man. And just, talking about it right now my you know the hair on my forearm raises up uh there's nothing like we'd be walking down that tunnel holding hands me and my two co-captains and we turn that corner and just hear the crowd yelling mojo 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 and man it's just i mean to this day it's just a feeling i can't describe it better than any drug or any alcohol or shoot even even sex, I'd say, <laughs> turning that corner, man, that feeling. You just can't can't replace it, can't describe it. The 85 uh, number that you wore there, that's the image that we're talking about. And then in the movie, um, you're portrayed by Jay Hernandez. It switches to four. The reason behind the, the number switch there, or were you given a reason? The reason is uh, the, the Hollywood guys had come down a year before when they finally decided they were going to make the movie and they filmed some actual real footage of the Permian of the Permian team at some games. And that was the cap. That was the captain's numbers, the one that's in the movie. So they kind of had to keep that. Uh, I think it was 420 and 45. 
So uh, that's why they did it. They thought they might use real footage from a real from real games. And uh, when they decided against it, they had already kind of moved into having those numbers in there. What were your so, thoughts on the way you were portrayed in the movie? And um, and then we'll get to the book. But your thoughts on, on the way that your character was laid out for the movie? Well, talking about the numbers first, uh, you know, if you played football or any sport, you know, you your, your number is near and dear to your heart, sure. you know. It's uh, probably your PIN code to your ATM, yeah, right. you know, or to your yeah. email. So, you know, it's something you you hold dear to your heart. And I went to go watch uh, a little bit of filming in Austin one day. And, it, you know, it's supposed to be at, you know, my house uh, and make-believe house, of course. And I see my character, Dre Hernandez, wearing the number four. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, why is he wearing four? Is this like a practice jersey or what? And that's when it clicked. Oh, okay. They're changing my number. <laughs> so yeah. I was kind of like, okay, get re get ready for some changes, Brian. Right. You know, things might be different. But uh, the question you asked was, well, what the question you asked was uh, about being how we portrayed in. Uh, you know, I, as far as the book's concerned, I thought it was one hundred percent accurate. I, you know, Buzz Bissinger, the guy that wrote the book, he's still my friend to this day. Uh, he was at all our practices, all our meetings. He was there in the off season. He, he, I mean, he saw everything, you know, he went to our parties. He went to school. He walked to school with me one day, every class, every day. Uh, so he was immersed in it. So anything he's, and he always had a little, you know, he, he was a, you know, he's kind of a nerdy Yankee with glasses and, you know, wearing khakis and a blazer, <laughs> but he always had a pen, a notepad and some, and a pen, and he was always writing everything down. So, uh, you know, people that say he kind of, uh, maybe, uh, betrayed him. Hey man, you got this Pulitzer Prize winning author from New York coming mm -hmm. down and he has a pad and pen in his hand. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to write down what he sees and hears. You know, but I thought I thought everything was portrayed 100 percent accurately in the book. As far as the movie, I thought the movie captured the spirit of of the book and of Friday nights, Friday nights. And I thought I thought capturing the game and the the uh, the excitement and the ups and downs of the games. I thought they did a great job of kind of capturing that emotion. Now, as far as the details and the truth, you know, the the uh, of course Hollywood's going to always change things and try to make things, you know, better or whatever. But uh, I thought I thought it was a good portrayal. Well, it sounds like you truly respected the process of Bissinger. Uh, from what I know, he came there, uprooted his family, lived in the community, and as you said there, with him being so engaged. That had to kind of let y'all let y'all's hair down a little bit around him and get comfortable. That way, he would truly get a feel for who y'all were and what this program was about. It took a while, you know, because you know when you're on football team, yeah. you know you're you're a close knit group. You don't like outsiders. You don't sure. let outsiders in. And Coach Gaines got us together. Said, "Hey, this guy wants to write a book about this season." And there have been a couple of rah-rah books, you know, that were kind of more about stats and stuff like that. And uh, we didn't know what kind of book it was going to be. So we had a team vote and voted to, yeah, we're going to let them, you know, have that full access. And the coaches let them have full access to the coaches' room and all that stuff and to their homes and their families. 
so it took a while, but once I saw, once we all saw, hey, he's here at you know six o'clock at morning practices, mm. and hey, it's eight o'clock at night, and you know we're working out, and he's still here, and hey, you know he's you know he he had to earn those stripes. You know, and of course, you know, him being from up north and us, you know, being West Texas boys, we, you know, we gave him the business quite a bit, you know, it took, but he took, he, he took it and uh, he earned his stripes. And after a good while, he, he was kind of, you know, he was included in the team and almost kind of like a second mascot. Brian, when you look at yourself, 17, 18 year old kid, this is being documented. And then we pop up just looking at it. This thing sold nearly two million copies is that just i mean you had to know you were going through kind of a special time and a, a special program sounds like you still feel that way but nearly two million copies just the way that this thing's been received by the american culture and i mean that it's taking more than just americans it's a worldwide deal when you're looking at uh two million copies sold Oh, it's crazy. I, I think it still sells like ten or 20,000 copies a year or more. Crazy. Uh, crazy. Yeah, I've had people come from Australia, from yeah. Scotland, from all sorts of places, come to Odessa and knock on my door and say, hey, uh, you know, can we meet you and shake your hand? And, you know, they want to go out and watch a game out at Ratliff Stadium. So, uh, you know, while it was going on, you kind of don't realize – the importance or how big it is because it was kind of it was kind of that was our life you know i kind of tell people it's kind of like if you're you know you have a year your senior yearbook or, or annual or whatever it's kind of like if your senior yearbook became a book <laughs> wow. you know pro, uh, new york times yeah. bestseller book and then uh, you know or, uh, academy award-winning movie and then a tv show you know it's kind of that's what it is you know and and uh, i think that's why it's sold so much because everybody can kind of pick a character or two or three in that book and say hey that was like me or hey that's just like my buddy or hey that that's just like my high school you know i think it just kind of has this universal appeal or definitely an american appeal when you look at it um brian we have uh the pick your maroon tide uh proudly i'll say back to back uh state champions here in the state of mississippi they have and just <laughs> Just in two or three weeks, they'll have an event. It's called Meet the Tide. And so you'll get a chance uh, to have each member's uh, name announced and, and be able to do that before the season starts. But in the book, The Watermelon Feed, what do you remember about uh, that? And uh, does that tradition still continue as far as you know? But kind of bring our uh, listeners in on, on what that event was. Still continues to do it. It's exactly like your thing, the meet the tide. That's what it was. It introduced the varsity players to the community. It was a time for the JV guys to kind of, you know, put on the jersey and, you know, kind of get, get a little bit of notoriety. But that's all it was. The booster club put it on. And that, that you know, the, just what it says, watermelon feed. There'd be, I don't know, a couple hundred, 200, 300 watermelons and everyone just you know, eats watermelons and it's just kind of a social event, uh, a little bit of recognition. It's usually done after like right around when we're having two days. So it's kind of like a little point for us to look forward to, to kind of get out of the, gotta get out of the, the monotony of, uh, of two days, you know? Brian, the book speaks a lot about, uh, the culture of Odessa. It gets into some race relations. It gets into a lot of life, right? So I wanted to ask you maybe the culture shock when you leave that setting and 
as the valedictorian go on to Harvard? What what was that like for you, man? <laughs> man, he could have put me on Mars, and it was probably been easier <laughs> than Harvard, you know. Uh, you know, you're talking about mid-'80s. You're talking about, you know, the South. You're talking about West Texas. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm Mexican-American. Uh, you know, we we were all thrown together you know it was white black mexican and uh we just i think on the football team and the football room there wasn't any uh racism but in the town definitely there was in the in, whether it's in the leadership or teachers or or you know just business people or whatever yeah i mean the race was always kind of up front and you know and ugly but it never affected our team you know we you you know i think that's one place on any kind of sports field on the football field on soccer field basketball court hockey rink it's a merit society out there mm -hmm. how good are you how bad are you can you get along with others we we don't care what color of skin you are and and you know we'd see each other you know i mean bare butt and everything yeah. hanging out so you know we you, you know we were dressed down to the to nothing and and we, we we'd lock arms and hold hands you know and go to war with each other but it was never an issue for us and i don't think uh, i never saw it amongst our team but in the city in the community yes definitely you know the you know it talks about it in the book you know the uh, you know, Brown versus Board was passed in 1954. Well, Odessa schools weren't desegregated until 1983, 30 years later. Yeah. Wow. And we were the first group that got desegregated from junior high school up. So uh, there was issues there, but, you know, I, I think, you know, I think it was part of a culture in America, not just here. When you look, Brian, would you tell us what uh, or who... Uh, I think you're still a follower. It sounds like still passionate about football. A back that nowadays or, or somebody we could relate to that would remind us of uh, Booby Miles before uh, the injuries uh, plagued him. A back that um, may Gosh, you know, Booby was, uh, he, was probably, he was probably 6'2", 215, ran about a 4'4". Uh, strong as an ox. He was the, you know, he was the anchor on our four by 100 meter relay. Uh, he was just that prototype, you know, running back, just big, you know, big and strong and fast. You know, they're just, I mean, he was, you know, and, uh, uh, but, you know, also there was a lot of, you know, every year there's a good, big, you know, not, maybe not so big, but there's all, every year we have a good running back, you know, so, uh, was he was he was special but we've had a lot of special ones as well it's funny that was the first as reading the book as a young man at that time i could picture like the uniform swag or you know me and my buddies we always talk about like the all uniform team on on how a guy would look uh when they first come out for warm-ups or whatever and the way the book kind of uh, portrays him and then even in the movie of course where you can visualize it but something about reading where you can uh, see somebody's words and create your own uh, pictures and now to see the way that uh, high-end athletes kind of dress and, and carry themselves 
the book was my first kind of taste and, and imagery of where we see uniforms and the way that people kind of address and carry themselves to this day. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, Booby and, you know, a couple of, you know, and I'd do it too, you know, kind of like you see the basketball players, they got that sleeve on their arm, uh -huh. they got the, you know, they got the tights on their pant, you know, on their legs, you know, everyone kind of just maybe wants to be a little individualized or show, show a little bit of flair, show a little bit of style. So, you know, it goes with the game, you know, and, uh, I'm all for it, you know, sure. as long as you're putting in the work, practicing, you know, if you want to show, you know, have a little towel hanging or whatever, you know, whatever it is to get you hyped up or, you know, make you want to make you feel better about yourself. I'm all for it. Yeah, a lot of fun, man. Um, Brian, do you still involved with the program, still get a chance to uh, to check them out on a, on a regular basis? So uh, I have season tickets, and yeah, we ha you have to get season tickets. You know, a lot of people aren't familiar with that, uh, and uh, so I, I try to go to all the games uh, uh, that I can when I'm not out of town. So I I'll get out there on Friday night. I usually sit on the visitor side because it's a little more. There's a little more room, and uh, you know, if, if if you played football for Permian and you're on the home side, man, everyone wants to talk to you. It's kind of like you know, kind of like celebrity status. So I'll sit on the visitor side. But no, I, st I still like going out to watching them. I've been to a couple of watermelon feeds in the last couple of years because I've had some nephews and cousins and stuff in the program. So I still like, you know, I still like getting out there and watching. But as far as you know, uh, the coaching is kind of, you know, the coaches are different than they were when we were around. So I don't have a lot of direct contact. So I just kind of, you know, casual fan uh, and watching them play. But, you know, it's still, it's still exciting. It's still fun. And everyone still talks about it, you know, all week leading up to the game and, you know, at the court, even, you know, I'm, a, I'm an attorney now at the courthouse, you know, some of the judges will paint their bench, you know, or put <laughs> ribbons and, and streamers and stuff, black and white when it's the big rivalry games. So it's fun. You know, it's fun. The home crowd, we you've <laughs> talked about it rolling out to that big a home crowd. What was that like when the, the travel, um, traveling crowd, to me, that's where the the more intimidating crowd kind of comes in when your when your crowd can kind of take over an opposing stadium or when you roll into a place and they kind of make it their home a couple hours beforehand would you talk to us of the feel of that uh traveling crowd back when you were a player oh most most away games we'd have more people than mm. them and yeah like you said our fans would get there two hours before mm. and they're chanting and you know go you know and i, I mean those guys would be so, you know, a lot of those teams would be so intimidated before we even step foot on the field because of our crowd and because of our band and, you know, just seeing the whole kind of the whole process, you know, they're like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, we, and we'd see it. We'd see it in their eyes. We'd see their jaws drop. And, you know, you'd already know you're going to beat them. Just, you know, they, they, they're, they're already in awe of our team and of our program. You could just see it, you know. Brian, do you get any or your former teammates, and I'm going to try to ask this, do you get any haters when it comes to uh, a team that y'all may have lost to during uh, the season or during that run, and y'all have kind of been the chosen group from that 88 um, team in Texas? I'm sure there's some uh, hate that goes around the state and maybe somebody that was uh, able to better y'all on a Friday night, or, or how's that kind of played out? So there's a rivalry of, amongst 
Permian teams, you know, because you always wanted to be the best team. You always, you always kind of sized yourself against the years before and oh, the sure. years after. So you know, you root for them, but you're like, oh, I don't want them to be as good as we were. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pride in who was the best Permian team ever, who went the farthest, who had the best record. So there's always been a pride, and that's kind of something when I was talking about the program, you know. Uh, so you know, we didn't win state. So, you know, there's about, you know, there's a handful of guys that won state. So kind of our pride is, hey, we're the most famous Permian team. <laughs> y'all might have been better. Y'all might have gone farther. But we're by far the most famous. And uh, I was given an a interview with 60, uh, 60 Minutes. Uh, and um, they said, you're not just the most famous Permian team. You're the most famous high school football team. I'm like, I had to sit back a little bit. And I go, oh, wow, yeah. That's, but as far as funny. rivalries, to this day, I mean, I'm, I was texting today about how much I hate Lee, and there's a little viral thing going out right now about some job interview, and the guy gives him a job, and then he he he's from Permian, he finds out that guy went to Lee, and he's like, never mind, you don't have the job anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So Lee, yeah, till my grave, I will hate Lee, and I will hate Dallas Carter, period. <laughs> and uh, I don't I know a lot of my friends that are up in Dallas, those Dallas Carter guys give them a lot of heck. So uh, it's still intense. I mean, those rivalries, they don't die. Yeah, that's special stuff, man. We can't thank you enough for uh, letting us steal some time and let us walk down memory lane uh, with you. To me, there's really no better way to get ready for high school football season than uh, making a reread if you haven't uh, read it the first time through of the book. So, Brian, thank you a lot, man. This has been fun. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you, Brian.